So welcome to this week's edition of the Retech Podcast. I'm delighted to be joined by Tina Brown. Now, Tina is the director of Summit Creative, an agency who specializes in helping brands maintain consistently across all of their printed and digital communications. Uh, their words on that. So we'll ask Tina a little bit about what that means uh, in reality. A graduate in communications studies, alumni fellow of Nottingham Trent University, Tina has worked with retailers her whole career, either directly or as a supplier to the industry. Now, as a supplier, that has meant implementing solutions for retailers and franchise organizations that have often involved streamlining marketing processes and one assumes, of course, brand consistency as well, which is always a challenge. Tina, welcome. Hi. So I'm delighted to uh, have you involved as a guest. Before we sort of get going, give me a little bit about uh, Summit as a business. Um, where were you formed? Where have you based? What's the footprint other than you? Who's the sort of the key people in the business? So let's start off there. Sure, no worries. Yeah, so Summit Creative uh, are actually in our first year. So we've been trading since February, just about to uh, finish off at the end of December really strongly. So it's been a really good start. Um, I um, am a director with another lady, uh, Chelsea Peak. We run the company together. We're a team of 11 um, and we've got a mixture of graphic design, development, systems development and account management. Um, but things have been going really strongly and we've got some uh, quite ambitious growth um, targets for next year as well. Um, we're based in Nottinghamshire, uh, North Nottinghamshire, which is nice and central. A lot of the clients that we deal with are up and down the country. So it's nice to be right in the centre and be able to, uh, to service them from there. Yeah, it's interesting. People sort of think of, um, you know, certainly outside of the UK, everything being London centric. But in reality, lots of the big retailers are Midlands based, which is where you are in Nottinghamshire and, and sort of north of the UK as well. So other than some maybe the sort of high end fashion brands, brands, it's uh, it's not a London centric industry, is it? So I guess great, great base to be place to be based from. Absolutely. And actually, it, it's massively beneficial to us that we're not London based because the, the cost of running any business within the capital is uh, can be quite uh, challenging. So actually, where we are means that we're actually able to offer things to our clients at a uh, much more reasonable rate, to put it that way. So I'm just interested. So such a creative business. Just do me a favour. Go way back when young Tina sat at school. What what was the what out of interest? What was the what was the dream? What what was the uh was it to be, you know, stepping on the moon? Was it to be the show? What was the uh what was what was the dream way back when? I'm trying to I'm interested to know where the thread to this creativity ends up. Um well interestingly, when I was at school, there was there was three choices always facing me. It was either fighter pilot, um, newsreader, or marine biologist. Um of which I pursued none. Um, but actually, one thing, and it's interesting when you look back what's happened in your career, but one thing that has always gone through everything I've done is what I ended up doing at university uh, as well is psychology. So understanding human behaviour and actually working in what I do now, creativity is to be able to create anything that attracts humans. We need to be able to study that human behaviour. So it's it's something that's always been a passion, always been of interest, and I do on a daily basis. I go be wary of the marketing then. So all that uh, insight into human behaviour, before you know it, you'll have people responding to those ads and, uh, and, and reacting <laughs> to the information that you put out there. So, uh, yeah, hire you quickly. So... Um, 
you know, you sort of talk about, you know, retail, if you like, the sort of a, is it fair to say it's a focus area, is it, or an area that you've got expertise? Where did that interest in, in retail come in? Were you like many of us and sort of stacking the shelves as a 16 year old and, and your kind of first exposure to retail or was it more sophisticated than, than my start at the co-op? <laughs> Uh, no, well, to be fair, interestingly, my start was at the co-op as well. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, and I think to be able to truly understand retail, you need to have experienced it. Mm. So if you're talking to a, a retail client, you need to understand what the requirements are for the, the worker on the shop floor, as well as the, the marketing director. So having that understanding, I've worked in many, many retail organisations, helped manage teams within retail, um, the only thing that really stopped me staying in retail were the hours, to be completely honest. Um, and then I actually ended up going on to the supplier side and, and working within the printing uh, manufacturing industry for many years. And my focus clients were all retailers. And the, the key component to all of those is multi-site. And actually the logistics that go into being able to manage multi-site organisations is incredibly difficult. Um, and learning about the digital side of managing that is what has taken me the last 15 years. I've been highly involved in that. And that's one of the things that's now central to the agency uh, at Summit Creative. And, and do, you, do you feel that you're focusing Summit primarily on retail? Is that your core competence or you sort of is it across the spread or is it no this is our expertise here's where our clients sit and and that's where we want to go what's the what's the breadth of the business is really where i'm just interested um it's across um different industries and what we have found is you know there's always this argument should you just focus on a niche and just talk to the to that client base or should you you know maybe get your your service right and then look at who that actually applies to I actually prefer the latter purely because you learn things from other industries that you can apply to other industries. So by just being niche, you can sometimes be a little bit too tunnel focused and not see what is happening elsewhere that might actually apply quite well, specifically in the in the retail space. Um, so, yes, retail. And it makes sense because our products and our services suit retail very well. But we, we, you know, we're not just just in that space. Yeah, it's interesting. It's uh, you know, you've got this sort of expertise, and uh, and you're starting to get known within the retail space. But I think you're right. You know, it's uh, you know, trends emerging in other sectors, don't you? If you can cross pollinate, then all of a sudden you become a more rounded individual and a rounded agency, possibly. So uh, yeah, probably a, a smart uh, way to go. Now, um, one of the reasons we're chatting today as I'm delighted to say that you're going to be at Retech Europe at the NEC November 2023 so you're going to be there with a physical footprint and a smiley face on the stand no doubt but what was it you know what can people expect to 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 see me here when they wander up and talk to you on the day is it just kicking off conversations or are you going to be showcasing some of the work that you've done for other retailers how do you sort of see you putting yourself forward? And um, similar to how I've just mentioned it, I, you know, our purpose is to share what we can provide to retailers to really help them streamline their processes. We've got um, credentials with companies that we do it for, and it works very, very well. So we've got a couple of platforms 
which um, have become invaluable to retail teams that we currently work with. So what we're going to do is we're going to bring um, a demonstration of both of those um, to be able to show retailers to really get them excited about what you can do um, and also give them some ideas on, on where they can take it for their business. Mm. What we don't do is sell a, a, an out of the box solution that, you know, that's it. That's what you get. What we do is we sell a solution that can then be bespoke to what you need. So it's about sort of generating the buzz around it, getting people engaged and then being able to open the conversation and say, OK, how would this work for your business? And when you have those conversations, is there a do you find there's a sort of a thread or a theme, one or two things that most people are struggling with? I mean, I've worked in retailers themselves, for, you know, a number of organisations and you know, you touched on that brand consistency and that's always you know, a real challenge. Is that still what people come up with? Is it joining all up? What's the bit that what's the pain point that you go? Aha, we can help with that. Yeah, um, brand consistency, one hundred percent. That is, you know, any any marketing team that's that's probably you know in top ten of their their issues, logistics, um, and the the over processing we find. You know, even if you're a, a five site to a, a five hundred site retailer, we find exactly the same issues in terms of duplication of efforts within departments procurement not talking to marketing, marketing not talking to um, anybody else in the supply chain. So what we do is we come in and, and we look across all of those departments, look at where all of the pain points are, whether potential duplication of effort, where the mistakes are happening, because that tends to be a, a real issue as well. And by doing that and implementing our solution, we end up every single time saving a great deal of cost for the company as well because we're able to then um, supply them in bulk for things that they were potentially sourcing separately. So there's, there's lots and lots of different ways in which we can help, but saving the costs through errors or overproduction um, and just sort of saving the time for the, for the team so that they can go off and do what they're really good at. What they don't want to be doing is processing in Excel spreadsheets or lots of sort of manual interventions. They want to, you know, a marketing team specifically want to go off and, and come up with, a, you know, the, the next campaign. They don't want to be doing the logistics of getting that out to the branches. And that's where we really become an invaluable part of their team. Yeah, I've certainly seen the situation where uh, more than one uh, department within head office has got its own marketing function. Uh, and I've been in stores and seen two separate you know, posters arrive with conflicting messages on the same Friday, supposedly to go up on the Saturday or or the rush job where you realise that, uh, you know, 10 foot by six foot poster for the windows missing uh, on this occasion, a letter S uh, off the company name before it's supposed to go out. So, yeah, those things get expensive, don't they, when you need an overnight uh, uh, reprint on something like that and cascade out to hundreds of stores. Yeah, that sounds very familiar, something we've come across very, very often. So um, we're, we're delighted that you're going to be involved at Retech and, and you'll be there uh, talking to people in terms of you know your growth has been fantastic over uh you know over this year looking forward into 2023 you know more clients coming on more growth on the horizon what what's uh you know what's the future look like for for summit we're getting to a point already at the end of our first year where um capacity needs to increase quickly um, we have a lovely set of clients who have been very loyal to us 
um, who <laughs> I probably had three conversations this week alone where clients are wanting to come over, see us at our, our new premises and want to see what else they can put our way because we've already become that, that extension of their team. So, uh, you know, a lot of what we focus on, we're not aggressive on new business. I like, we, we're quite fortunate that we can actually choose the clients we work with to a certain extent. Um, and we'll work with people who really benefit and get what we do and, and want to work with us. So a lot of our strategy is around just sort of growing and developing those relationships whilst, you know, a little bit of new business coming in that's that's sustainable, that we can manage and that we can service fully. We're not going to uh, become over capacity too quickly and not be able to, uh, to service them properly. You see, I have to say, listening to you, and I know uh, you're an all uh, female run business, uh, not promising something you can't deliver. And as a as a male, I probably shouldn't sit here and say, it, but that can be a bit of a male trait, can't it? Opposed to the far more pragmatic female approach that goes, well, we can do that, but it won't be this Friday, it'll be the Friday after before it arrives. So I guess, you know, fulfilling those uh, those promises on time is, uh, is is a breath of fresh air uh, without uh, putting, putting uh, uh, the, the male side down a little bit. But it's got to be it's got to be an asset for the business, hasn't it? Have you found that? A hundred percent. I've spent most of my career working in male-led or male-dominated businesses. Um, and for some reason, because I, I probably quite institutionalised within that culture, you know, kind of saw that that was the way forward and, and that's the sort of environment you should be in in business. Um, this year has been an absolute revelation, you know, working with a female director most of our team are female as well. And I think, yeah, you've you've sort of hit the nail on the head. The, the key word I would say is consideration. We don't, there isn't that sort of bombastic kind of nature that I was used to previously. It's now, okay, well, let's just look back. There's an element of reflection. Let's have a look at, you know, is this sustainable? Is this the right thing to do? Without, you know, taking too long over decisions, decisions are still made quickly and the business is still moving on. Um, at, a, at a good pace but we're just being more considerate and I think the, the main thing the fact that you know as a team we work flexibly you know there's a huge amount of trust within our organization you know to the point that we have unlimited holiday because we don't have to monitor our, our team in the way that uh, a lot of teams do and and by doing that, I think our clients are benefiting from that and they can see that they're, they're getting that level of consideration as well. And, and we will question them if they come to us and say, well, we, we need something. We'll ask that question, well, why? What are you actually trying to achieve? And that, you know, that strengthens those relationships. Like I've already said, they're, they're wanting to do more with us because I think they've started to sense that they're, they're getting a different kind of service from something creative. Interesting, yeah, I'm sure anybody listening to this uh, it's one of those headline grabbers isn't it the unlimited holiday thing I don't know whether you actually find people take less than more but for those uh, expansion and upcoming vacancies there'll be a little little flurry on your website I'm sure if people <laughs> listen to this so uh, although anybody uh, on this side in retail knowledge will probably tell you that uh, I already have unlimited holidays and was on a flight somewhere so uh, <laughs> uh, they, they claim I'm permanently on holiday and work occasionally now it's interesting um, before you and I uh, came on air we were just chatting and I guess it's part of the sort of collaborative approach and it's not really relevant to, to Summit but I'm going to ask you about it anyway I'm interested um, you are a uh, soccer coach aren't you um, which is sort of how you spend some of your weekends is that is that right? 100% yeah weekends midweek um, when it, it takes up a lot of my time but it's um, 
it's a passion more than just a, a hobby definitely okay I, I, were you a player yourself or are you on the you you run a it's a, a girls team I mean what age are they it is yep yeah. so it's uh under 12 girls team um I've been with them since they were under nines I think under eights um so I've been on that journey with them and I've been on very much a journey myself because I wasn't a player. Um, I'm of an age when I was uh, in my teens and uh, a lot more flexible than I am now and would have been able to play better. It just wasn't available. It wasn't something that we could ever do. Um, I remember nagging my PE teacher to let me uh, let me play let me play football and uh, and you know was told in no uncertain terms that it, you know, it wasn't for girls. So I'm vicariously now living through um, my my team. And having a fabulous time, I think it's it's definitely opened my eyes. Well. I've got involved quite a lot with the FA and their women in football groups because it is a, a big focus for the uh, the football association in the UK, um, which is wonderful, especially on the back of our European um, female team win. Um, so I'm getting involved a lot in that, but uh, I, I think the thing that's most stark and something that my my girls will always say to me that that I stand out because I very, very rarely come across other female coaches on the sidelines. Oh, okay. Um, and again, when we talk about that sort of bombastic nature of, of the, the male in, in that sort of scenario, I'm, I'm, it's very difficult for me to sometimes get be heard um, on, on a match day. Even the referee cannot hear me shouting at them. The, uh, the match officials can't hear me. So, um, so I have a very, very different style to a lot of male coaches. Um, very often my my girls do say to me thank god you're not like him um who you know a lot of male coaches do tend to spend a lot of their time just yelling instructions at the girls and and I don't do that and it's 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 something you don't see so much in female coaches so uh, I've always said to the girls as well you know you've got to kind of see it to be it um I love that phrase because yeah. I think it's so important that so many females are taking those those roles where younger girls can look up and go oh, okay actually I could do that, whereas I think without sort of the likes of me doing it, they, they haven't got that option. Yeah, that's fantastic. Quick shout out, team name? Uh, Gedling South Bank in Nottinghamshire. Gedling South Bank, there you go. That's our, 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 our unofficial uh, uh, team that we will now follow <laughs> and support. Um, Tina, I wish uh, you every success uh, on the sidelines uh, with the girls as they progress through their footballing career. Uh, Summit sounds like it is clearly absolutely flying so again as you head into your second year uh, all the very best with uh, the growth of the business goodness knows what size uh, and scope it's going to have and look forward to seeing you at Retech Europe 7th and 8th of November at the NEC and we're delighted to have you involved in there as well but for now Tina awesome thank you very much indeed thank you for having me looking forward to uh, Retech mm -hmm.